Hi everyone, it's Glenn O'Neill. We are back to podcasts, finally. It's November of 2022, and this is episode 12 of A Close Look at San Filippo. It's 10 minutes filled with five topics in the world of San Filippo Syndrome and some of the work we're doing here at Cure San Filippo Foundation. As a reminder, San Filippo Syndrome is a rapidly degenerative and fatal disease in children, currently with no approved cure or treatment options. So first, I wanted to update you on some highlights of what's been happening, not only that, but what's underway, and then some things about what, what we have coming. The first thing is really some exciting research we're hoping to move to clinical trial. With your help, we're funding a next-generation gene therapy at the University of North Carolina. They're moving forward with drug production there for type A, which will take four to six months, and then it's followed by a clinical trial in children. They're looking to probably the later stages of 2023 for an actual clinical trial in children to happen. And the funding for the actual clinical trial is still needed. And that's likely going to be in the range of about $1 million. So that's one of our fundraising priorities. UNC also has preclinical work on type B. With funding, we'd like to be able to move forward with that as well. Another update is we are in the process of working on another drug repurposing clinical trial. You might remember you helped us fund the trial testing Anakinra at the Lundquist Institute in California. Well, we're working again with these folks to start another clinical trial testing a different drug. This trial would be open to all types of San Filippo and likely not be age restricted to just the young children. At this point, we can't share what drug is up for consideration, but if this comes to be, we have a real good uh, feeling and real good reason to believe that this can move forward pretty fast and hopefully start within the next few months. And lastly, we've conducted another grant round and have received some really exciting applications. Our scientific advisory board will be reviewing and helping score these grants to see which will reach the threshold for possible approval of funding. Uh, one new thing this time around is we also have a fellowship award where we're hoping to stimulate new young researchers to have interest in working in San Filippo and hopefully get interested for their entire career. Several other projects are moving through our pipeline and are in need of funding to take from preclinical work to actually doing clinical trials in children. And the faster that we can move these through, the more options we can create for children and families. Second up is to talk about our next big fundraising campaign to help fund some of the work we just talked about. We're gearing up for Giving Tuesday on November 29th. It's gonna be a big campaign and we hopefully will be having a lot of families participate via Facebook and Instagram fundraisers. Our goal as a foundation and a group of families is to raise $200,000 this Giving Tuesday. And we know that's a high goal, uh, but with your help, we've raised over $150,000 in a previous year Giving Tuesday. So we do know it's possible. And with so much to fund to try to better the children, these children's lives, we have to be aggressive at fundraising. And we would not be doing our job if we weren't pressing the envelope, as a previous NIH director once told me, and that I always keep remembering as we continue to, uh, to move forward. Another huge accomplishment that you've made happen is the Global Clinical Guidelines for San Filippo Syndrome. For so many years, parents would hear from physicians after being diagnosed with San Filippo, take your child home and love them. There's nothing that can be done. Hopefully no more will we hear that, no more. 
Uh, sure, there may not be an approved FDA and available treatment, but there are ways to help children with Sanfilippo. This document represents a consensus set of basic clinical care guidelines that are accessible to clinicians and families globally. The guidelines consist of evidence-based, expert-led recommendations from around the world for how to approach Sanfilippo syndrome and the specific care management and monitoring of disease-related changes. Some of these things include symptoms that should raise suspicion for the diagnosis of Sanfilippo syndrome, methods of establishing the diagnosis, evaluating, monitoring, and managing neurological, gastrointestinal, airway, musculoskeletal, and many other complications that develop. Also a special focus on the evaluation of unexplained pain and distress, rehabilitative therapies, and support services. It's just really an incredible document. We're so proud. Next is just a follow-up since our first San Filippo Community Conference called Advance 2022 in mid-July. Hopefully many of you knew about that conference, but this brought together key stakeholders in the San Filippo space, parents, clinicians, scientists, biotechs, therapists, all together for the same conference to interact, to collaborate, and to discuss important San Filippo syndrome topics. Even regulatory FDA folks were in attendance, which is just fantastic. A few highlights of the conference were the breakout discussion of inflammation. There were lots of foundation-funded research, uh, therapies, advocacy, and a sibling session. And that's just some of the highlights. And nearly all of these sessions are available for replay at curesff.org advance. And we wanna highly recommend you take a look. We wanna ensure everyone knows where this is and how to access it. And finally, I just wanna to touch base on personally the number one question uh, me and my wife get. And it's the hardest question to answer, but I'm so glad people still ask it. And that is, how is my daughter Eliza doing? Well, she's 12 years old and she's soon to be 13. She was in a gene therapy clinical trial along with 20 other children back in 2016. We believe that that did help her some. Although we do know now, years later, that the amount of drug that she received was not an efficacious dose. Still, we believe possibly it helped slow or stave off some of the degeneration that's part of Sanfilippo syndrome. As the years go on and the disease does progress in her, we do our best to focus on the positives. At the same time, we wanna be realistic and transparent to the followers and supporters, many who go back all the way nine years to when she was diagnosed. As many know, Eliza lost her speech around the age of seven uh, she still vocalizes and lets us know her likes and dislikes through her various utterances. You know, if she's hungry, she'll let us know. If she likes a TV show like Schoolhouse Rock and some of the episodes, she'll jump around the house with a happy yell, you know, and we, lo we love to see it. Uh, we do focus on the positives. But she is having more fatigue and she doesn't run like she used to. But she can still walk down to the end of the road and walk back by herself with someone being with her. She has had some trouble eating. We do cut her food up small, but lately she's doing very well in chewing it properly before swallowing. She can also use a fork and a spoon to feed herself with some minor assistance. We do focus on the positives and sometimes it might just be the look in her eyes. It's interesting how as a parent, you transition over the years with your child as your child transitions. We love her so much 
And all in all, we're thankful and blessed she's doing as well as she is. So thank you to those who ask. Thank you to those who say hello to her and acknowledge her when they see her. It means a great deal to us. Well, that's it. That's our time. Uh, thank you for listening, following, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.